We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, yeah. I feel like Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by ZoneCoverage.com and the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Today we're doing this on April 29th, and on this episode we're going to get back into looking at this 2020 draft class. If you've been with us for some of these previous pods, I think this is our fourth set of two players um, that we'll be getting to, and today the focus will be on two more defensive prospects, Anyeka Kangwu. Um, from USC and Isaac Okoro from Auburn. Uh, I'm joined again by Will DeBerg, uh, assistant men's basketball coach at the University of St. Thomas. And yeah, we, we both again dug into the synergy film on these guys. And Will, I think for me, you know, entering sort of knowing, not having watched them previously, but entering the process of, you know, quote unquote, analyzing them thinking that the defensive prospects sort of changed the, the way I watch them, maybe elevating um, what I expect out of them defensively and lowering expectations offensively. Do, do you think that's the right way to, you know, to go into watching and breaking down a prospect who's, you know, more defensive minded? Well, I think, I mean, it's a really good question and I think it's kind of hard Thank to you. say, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's kind of hard to say if it's the right or the wrong way to look at a guy. Um, but the first two guys you and I did were Obi Toppin and Cole Anthony, who I think offense. were all offense and very yeah. little defense. And then we did the, the two French guys who we're we, all really, French. we really don't know. <laughs> um, and so then to kind of go and look at two guys that clearly their strengths are on the defensive end of the court, it's just, it's just a different way to look at things. And, um, yeah, I, it was it was interesting for sure. So for all the all the past guys, I've been doing uh, watching their offensive possessions, 
before I watched their defensive possessions. And I like kind of paused at first and I was like, I did a Congo first. I'm like, what? should I do defense? Like to start? I started with defense. You did? I switched it I, up. I, yeah. I started with offense. I was like, no, I'm, I'm like, I want to enter like with the same, the same way I watched Obi Toppin, you know? Cause I, I think we're going to, at some point, you know, if we had to make a big board, we would need to choose between those two guys of like, right. you know, who is the quote unquote center, you know, we would, would most want, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the I would I would wonder what a actual scout would do because with a Kangwu if he works out and with a Koro too, like if they become I don't want to say star but like a starter in this league, it's be, they're gonna like earn their keep as right. a defender. Right. It it seems hard for me to see a Kangwu being a a guy who is really impactful offensively and you know and same probably uh for Okoro too but what was just kind of your I guess initial let's go through these offense first defense first my way yeah um what what is with the Kangaroo what what kind of pops to you with him first I mean there's a couple things I think anytime you have a freshman who is this big tall freaky athlete Mm -hmm. I think even before watching him, you're just kind of anticipating that guy to be like a really raw offensive player, like, you know, athletic and like does all these crazy things. But like when the ball's in his hands, like kind of raw. And so I kind of went into it thinking Okongwu was going to be like that. Um, but on, on the offensive end of the court, like right away, I was just I was surprised at how like he was he's pretty good with the ball in his hands like it's it's different than i think of a lot of top centers mm-hmm. who are freshmen in college um so i just think like his fluidity and how he's pretty good off the dribble um where where specifically on the floor did you see him be good with the ball in his hands cuz he he was he played in a two big set yep. at usc like he was the four yep. there they had uh, rokosevich yep. um, he played some five though like yeah, for they sure. they would move him around but i think like I thought he would be more of like a block to block guy before I dug into his film. Mm -hmm. So I think any, like he would catch it from 18 feet and he would start a lot of his offensive possessions, a lot of his post moves. Um, Like on synergy, you can filter by post ups and a lot of his post ups on synergy started at 18 feet, Um, which kind of jumped out at me at first. Cause a lot of it was two, three, four dribble moves before he took a shot. It's like if, if he ever squared up, he would always, it wouldn't be to shoot it. And it right. would be, it, what I saw was, is he was trying to get positioned by squaring up and he would always go to that spin move. Spin move. That and would kind of spin cycle his way into like seven feet, normal, yeah. normal post-up range. And I think he would, a lot of times he'd catch it and he would make up his mind on what move he was yeah. going to do before the defense. Kind of what we used to talk about with Wiggins sometimes. Sure. Like obviously completely different players, but like... He, Not reading the defense, just deciding this is a this spin is my move, move spot or this is a, you know, two left, go to the right yes. time. Yes, like I've practiced this. Let yeah, me try right, right, this right. move in a game now mm-hmm. without, like, reading, um, the you know, the defense. Well, I mean, what, what did you think? Did Yeah, I mean, okay, so, you know, I, as I've said every time I kind of do my – trying to picture what the guy's going to look like at the next level yep. physically sort of thing. And how he measures is – a Congo measures is – well, one, he's 19, turned 19 in December – Six foot nine, not super tall. Seven one wingspan, pretty good for a center. Not not elite wingspan, and then two forty five uh, for weight kind of popped out to me. So I was like, because I was concerned. You know, you see the six nine, and you're a little concerned about like. I mean, I knew going into it that he wasn't a shooter at all. Right. So obviously, you're thinking this guy has to be a five, and then you're like, ah, six nine, like I don't know. And then this is like literally all before I started watching any film. I'm like, okay, two forty five, he's probably gonna be pretty pretty right. physical. 
And um, it was weird. One, he didn't look like he was 245 pounds to me playing basketball. Think he looked lighter? I thought he looked a lot lighter than that. He and looked like Obi Toppin, kind of. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I would just say if you – I have never he seen – He didn't look 25 pounds heavier than Obi no Toppin. No way. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think at all. But maybe, you know, maybe that's a product of longer arms. Um, you know, he could – whatever the whole muscle it also might not fat. be accurate i think we have to keep yep. that in mind like there we haven't had the combine measurements mm-hmm. so i think it's all kind of like i just think that's going to be big he he does need to be thick and strong to play center he has to be and and you know that i don't think that's there yet i think he, he has a body type where he could get to 245 so yeah. it's that he's either there or, or, or could get yes there. so when i'm looking at the these other dudes like 245 you know it's kind of when you, when you get that big, it's kind of like we were talking about with Anthony Edwards. When you're looking at guards, it's like you know, a guard that's 220, 225, there's not that many of them who are like 6'5". And, and it was kind of the same thing for 6'9 guys. And a lot of the time, it ended up kind of being chunky dudes who were you know, 6'9 with yeah. seven, one wingspan, 240, 245. And they, there was actually two Amari Spellman and Nas Reed, who you know, are younger guys who kind of, you know, they came in with, you know, they, need to, they need to lose weight to you know to be able to have success so that that's it, it wasn't that you know julius randall draymond green were both kind of the similar sort of build too but the weight more so a product yeah. of body fat than it is muscle so you're like okay cross those cross those ones off and then you know it's going back and a, another one just to kind of highlight timberwolves so because we've seen him up close and in person like Derek williams was also that that same size he was six eight and a half um i have it written down right here or six nine seven one and a half wingspan two forty eight. So basically, exactly that the is, same. Yeah, it's funny to think about how. So that was the two thousand eleven draft. The Wolves basically made him play small forward. Yeah, and now we're like saying with a Kongru, you got to play five for sure. So maybe yeah. that's just sort of a product of the times. But but that is the body type, right? It's the Derek Williams. It's the it's the freak. It's a freak athlete who's not necessarily tall, but is somewhat physically imposing. More modern day. Guys who, who were that size, not modern day, I guess current players, were Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Powell. Um, from, Rashawn Holmes from Sacramento and Dwight Powell from Dallas. And I think those are also, to me, those were also good player comps. Uh, Rashawn Holmes specifically, of just like that classic rim rolling sort of dude who's going to rise up to be able to dunk it on you um, and, not, and never shoot. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so is that guy, but really like you try and find a stud, there wasn't a Blake Griffin was was one that was close because Blake was you know really built like that right but it was a lot of it was a lot of sort of Rashawn Holmesy type of type of dudes which to me kind of affirmed some of my bias going in that Akongu is probably just going to be a role player he, he yeah. might be able to be a really good role player but that's sort of the lens I kind of went in looking at him like my final verdict or whatever you want to call it not to jump ahead but what like he's got a really high floor. I would think like I think there's a really good chance that he can play meaningful minutes on good teams, bad teams, right. whatever. Um, but yes, I think given his size and the fact that we both think he's a five, if he's six nine center who can't shoot, like I think just in that nutshell, like the, your ceiling's only so high. Mm-hmm. So so to me, that's why, and we could, we get we'll talk about defense, which it's just you know, kind of established he's going to be a solid defender. Yeah, like, I, I, there's no way he's not, I don't yeah, think. He just, he just has that skill set. So if you give the, him that baseline, then what, what you need him to be, to be, you know, an impactful overall player or a, a two-way player is he needs to be able to do something more than just catch lobs and dunk them. Yes. 
And so what, so basically, obviously the number one thing you're hoping for is the guy to be able to, you know, catch it out on a pop, you know, set the screen up high and be able to shoot a three up top or be able to be a corner shooting three guy. He can't do either of those things. He didn't at all. And, you know, we can get in a shot a little bit more, but like, I don't think he will be a guy who ends up doing that either. So then you go, well, this guy's got to be a post-up dude. He's got to be able to get paid on the block. Yeah. And at the college level, he posted up a lot. And and sometimes he would be like, you know, fake going left, spin baseline, dunk. And it's like, that's a, that's a real post move. And he's got some dunks that are. Oh, for sure. I, but they were most impressive to me when he's doing it. Off a dribble or two, spin. Like, yeah, exactly, and, right? Yes. And he's capable of it in college. But then there's the other one. He really didn't like to go left. And he's one of those guys who, when he is going to his left hook, it's more of like a shot put than it is, a, you know, like a touch sort of shot. And I'm like, all right. I mean, just the reality of the situation is like, yeah, you can go both hands, but you're going to have to be damn good at posting up to be able to exist in this NBA today. You're going to have to be like a point, per, you know, to analytic it up. You know, you're going to have to be a point per possession guy on the block. And I just don't know. And, and maybe I like his post game offensively was better than I thought it was going to be. Cause I've heard all those things. He's defense, defense, defense. Um, so I, you know, my expectations offensively were, were low. He's better than I thought, but I don't, I just, I don't see a team ever running an offense through him on the block where it's like their number one or number two option is to get him posting right. up. Um, so, so this is what I started thinking about. They again, so USC often ran this two big thing where it would be a Kangu or Rakosevich kind of high low yep. sort of deal. And it, it, I was like, well, one, that's never going to happen in the NBA, never. But I would, what made me think about, and actually, you're, you're probably better to answer this is like the Wolves and the Nuggets with Cat and Jokic are like the only two teams in the league who just like run their offense. Through, the, through their big man at the top of the key. And what I started thinking about was, like, can you, do, like, have a high-low offense just to try to work cats up there and then a Kangwu or, or, you know, or just, you know, maybe it's someone else, but a guy who's functioning in the dunker spot, but there's four out, and then he can kind of catch there on the block with some space. Like, I think that, I think that might translate, like, that's the only way, I guess, it translates to the Timberwolves specifically. And I think you need – I mean, I guess it would be D'Lo and, and Beasley. But you would need three shooters then spacing. And you have two, and then so you would – yeah, I yeah. think if you had three shooters with Cat at the top of the key, it would in theory work. I mean, if he, if he turns out – I mean, out, in, in, again, even if it's not a Kongwu, this is going to be a question that comes up over right. and over again for the Wolves is, you know, what is the second – big that you put next to cat and if we want to expand it outside of the realm of oh it just needs to be a stretch four right and i think comparing him to obi like we talked about a couple weeks ago i actually think okongu is he can guard a four and i think he'll be able to guard fives if he gets a little bit stronger i think he'll be able to guard threes yeah and three so like he can like he'll be able to guard on the perimeter and switch so like i offensively is more of a concern where you put him versus defensively because defensively i think you can throw him just given how well he moves, I mean, some of the defensive clips, like he slides his feet well and he's long and he gets like he looks like a, a wing player on defense. Yeah, I, I think. So off my my point is yeah. offense is more of where do you fill him in, where mm-hmm. do you put him? And I guess the, the the thing I was trying to say is I'm trying to dig for ways to find a way to make him a productive offensive piece given his skill set. 
And it's just hard to do, you know, in this NBA. And, and if that if that's the case and he's just an average offensive player, well, then, I mean, you start developing a ceiling of, like, a center or a starter. Like, he just becomes a starter. And I know, you know, if you, you read about him or, you know, you look around and people are like, oh, bam, out of bio. How often do they post bam up? In Miami, like, are they are they running offense through him, or is nobody, he kind of nobody posts up anyway? Actually, I have the post up stuff, but like, <laughs> I just I, what makes Bam good offensively is he's that athlete, but he can also pass. Like, he's the you need. I guess what we left out of this is okay. There's the shooting. There's the posting up. There's also being the short roll guy on the pick and roll and being able to catch the ball on a pick and roll and pass. And that's what we liked about Obi. Not to keep bringing him back no. in the picture, but that was one of the things. But Akangu never did that. Correct. Akangu never passed. Never. But I do think that comes down. Dayton played five out a lot of times, and sure. so there's all this space where where he could pick and roll or pick and pop, and mm-hmm. pretty much he was. The there dis- wasn't space at USC. So it's a little bit harder to tell, and he's not like he's not in a pro. Not to reference football, but like he's not in a pro style offense. Right. Like he's not. It's. Two posts, like you said, and it's a little bit tougher to... Bam Adebayo, 69 post-ups this year, which is the exact same amount as Jimmy Butler. Okay. So, no. So then what makes... Like, how does he... he what he does is, is he's... You watch him way more than I he, do. He, he's impactful because he can because he can impact the floor as a passer. And and, and, and all those those finishing yeah. things around the rim. I think he's more powerful than a Kung Wu. I think he's, he's more polished as a, as, as a finisher. And then, you know, most of his value comes on the defensive end. But he, he seamlessly fits into any big role that sure. you put, hit, that put him in other than shooting threes. And I think that's just a, like a big leap to assume out of any six-foot-nine athletic dude. It's just to be like, oh, well, he's going to be able to do everything else but shoot. Like, no, all those other things are tough, too. It's tough to be a post-up guy. It's tough to be a short roller. It's, you know, it's... It, and just for some context, Bam averaged five assists and three turnovers, which is pretty good for a center. It's and Okongwu, granted it's college, averaged one assist and two turnovers. Yeah, that's bad. That's, 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 I'm, that's a massive gap. And that, that's the biggest difference to me between those two guys' games. And that gap is like, a, a, for me, is a bridge too far of like ever assuming that he's going to be able to become Bam. I, I think what you're hoping for with him is he he's a souped up version of Rashawn Holmes or you know like a like a, you know use a bigger name from the past like a Tyson Chandler something like that but Tyson Chandler's so much bigger than him yeah and and I I just don't it in the league today there's just a lot of centers like that there's just it that yeah like it's not hard to to get Rashawn Holmes signed a free agent contract last year for five million bucks. Right, like you draft you draft the Kung Wu fourth overall or third overall, where the Wolves are, you know, quote unquote supposed to be. That's nine million dollars a year. Like, what about Nerlens Noel? Nerlens Noel is signed for the minimum the past yeah. two years in the league, and like plays. It's just centers aren't centers aren't valuable today. So a Kung Wu is going to need to, and he could. Like we don't know. He's nineteen. Like, it's just. All he does really well right now on the offensive end is catch the ball and dunk it. Yes. And, and to be able to be someone that you're, is going to earn more than $9 million on his next deal, be better than average, big, he needs to add so much to his offensive game, even if he does prove to be 
a really good defender. So let's say, what if he's, what does this look like in the NBA? If he's an elite defender, which is possible, mm-hmm. I think, I, I wouldn't say it's a lock, but I think there's a decent chance he becomes an elite defender and he's a great screen and roll catch lob guy. Where does that fit in an to, NBA? To me, I think it's... Like, who is that in the NBA right now? Elite? Because there's got to be, yeah. I mean, there's got to be a spot. I mean... And, I mean, I think, I think that is that is the most optimistically bam and then i i think you start going down to like it's like a mason plumley or, or something like that like that's the I more like. <laughs> that's more like the i just the what those guys are and they're just kind of like so you're saying you wouldn't take mason plumley third in this draft <laughs> maybe this draft is, no I, I like i like mason plumley like i actually like this archetype of player it, it's i think it's real it's it's something that people who listen to this pod know i've i've talked about forever i've i I brought up Nerlens Noel a ton of times, being like, "Man, that would just be really interesting to put to plant a rim defender in an, on the defense next to Cat." Like, I think that's I love the idea of that, or at least to try because we haven't seen it. But you got to weigh the, the you have the third overall pick, and and you can go get Nerlens Noel, or or you can go get one of these. Di- Mason Plumlee's a free agent. Like you can sign him, <laughs> take him. You can just you can go out and, and get those dudes. Is Miles so a free agent too, or just Mason? <laughs> I think they're all free agents. <laughs> I I don't know. It's just it's it's really hard for me. But it's, I have two minds about it. Like I like a Congo because I like that type of player. And the Wolves, quite frankly, haven't had one of those ever. And I'm like, man, that'd be interesting on this team. But they're kind of a dime a dozen. We both agree on the Wolves. He would be like a high-energy backup center, fly around for five minutes a quarter and make some stuff happen. As a rookie. Early and, on. Early yeah. on. Yeah. And, and what like I we're think— We're not drafting him to be our starting four. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the— <laughs> Which maybe is the reason you don't take him. I, I, I think so. I, the, the one thing I like about the fit is— and because I, I want to talk about this with his defenses, I think he is going to be elite laterally yes. switching. You can match him up. You can match him up on a three, I think, and and you'll be fine. Like that, that isn't even a mismatch. But I, I, I didn't see him, and I don't know. Maybe maybe you saw it different. Like I didn't think he was this like elite rim defender. No, and I think he had a little bit of the cat. We're talking about, talking about him up on defense, and we're going to compare him to Cat here. But like <laughs> he has the cat, I think, where he's trying hard. So hard. He's trying really hard, and like. There was numerous times where, like, he was hedging a ball screen, and, like, he knew he was supposed to be hedging, but he, like, waited a second too long because he was doing the right thing. And then what happened next? And then at so many clips, the guy would just pop and yep. shoot a three. And, and, and he and would because flying and, to the three-point shooter, yes. and he would, like, try and get a Zion block, and he would flip into the bench. And he my did new it, thing, like, five times. My new thing is I always watch the coach's reaction when they're on the, uh. the side that – yeah. Your bench is the side you got scored on. And every time the coaches would just like throw their hands up in the air and be like, how, like how many times do we have to tell you? Like where he just gets, which I think is correctable. Mm-hmm. And I, and then yeah, he, totally a correctable thing for an Yes. What impressed me most defensively was just how he can move his feet. Like if he got switched on to a, so a guard, a point guard, or um, there's a couple of plays, McKinley Wright, the Colorado point guard, mm-hmm. who's also in this draft where they would just switch the ball screen and, it was he'd, so he'd be fine. Yeah. He'd be fine, which I think is so valuable in basketball if you can switch on to smaller guys. And 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 you know that's that's the argument for him in, yeah. in this spot. And and you know what? Like, may, 
again, there's two different ways to look at it. Like, is that player worth nine, ten million dollars a year? I, I, I don't know. But you also have to compare him to other players in this draft, where it's like he might be the fourth best player in the draft. So at some point, you just take him because that's what's you know what's available, and he has a just like a real skill set there. It was just. Was he better or worse on offense than you thought? Like before you even just uh, from what you read or, or what you anticipated? I think, I mean, and I guess this is probably coming off in the way I'm talking about. It. I was not impressed by this dude. Um, and, and again, that's influenced by just noise I'd heard about him before. And I did, I know, and kind, kind of watched a game, a USC game earlier this year, I remember. And, you know, I was just, I was, I was expecting him to be a lot more physically imposing offensively. And he was exclusively physically imposing when he was dunking. Right. Nothing else. Like, I, I saw 245, and I, I wanted to see him one time, like. Go through somebody. Never went through somebody. Right. Never went through somebody. And, like, I don't know. When, when you, it's just, to me, you, you drop down so far if we just start with the thing, if we, if we, come to the mutual understanding that he's never going to shoot. And Which, because he, he took a couple mid-range. What do you think of his form? Well, half the time he took him off of one foot. Yeah. It was like, he was like one of those guys, he was like more comfortable, like he would kind of like fade, he, nobody's guarding him, I mean, like fade back, he'd take it off of like, one time he took it off of his left foot. One time, like, it's just, I don't know. It can, it can certainly be worked on, and I think any dude coming into the league today, like, you can. It's smart to just try and hammer at home. And be like, hey man, we just need you to practice corner three. It's like, try, and and that you know, I think every big guy should at least be trying to do that. But like, I, if you're not good at shooting, you're not good at shooting. Like, exactly. And then it comes into the like, all right. So if you if you're not good at shooting like that, it, will we acknowledge that? Then are you going to ever be able to like kind of have a any sort of like mid-range pull-up game or like turnaround jump. I mean, I know those aren't like quote-unquote great shots, but like you kind of want your starting four or five to maybe be able to do that. And like, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like that it took me so long, not long at all, to realize that every time he squared up meant he was going to dribble once to his right and spin back to his left. Right. It's just he literally every time he squared up, that's what he did. There's no threat of the jump shot there. And I think, I think you, you, you know, you kind of need that if you're, again, if you're going to be a starter level player, but if you just, if you just are going to be a role player, then I, you know, you, I guess you don't, you don't need all of those things. I don't know. Maybe I'm underrating the defense, you know, to some degree. See, I kind of think though, if you can be an elite defender and then you can just screen and catch lobs and offensive rebound, I think there's value in that. I, I'm not saying he's a value like, is like being a star, but there's a place for a guy like that. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I, again, and I don't think I, it's I, the third like overall that. pick, but I think it's that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. I like li- I really like those type of players, yeah. and and I think I think you look around the league like pretty much yeah. all the good teams like like have one of those, but it becomes like a supply and demand sort yeah. of thing. Where for me, particularly if I'm the Timberwolves, who already have a five of the future, like. I would want my – if I'm adding a non-shooting big, I would want them to cost like $2 million yeah. and come off the bench and not be expected, you know, to do a lot. Like, to and, you know, just to put the Obi Toppin versus Tim thing out there, it's like 
I take I take Toppin. I would too. And, and because like I would like at, he's not gonna Okongwu's not gonna fix the defense. Isn't gonna fix Cat defensively. Right. He isn't. Cat has to fix himself defensively. And if Cat doesn't do that and he gets paired with Obi Toppin, the Wolves are gonna suck at defense forever. But the only way the Wolves become good requires Cat becoming a good defender. And in that situation, if we assume he does become an above-average defender, then for me, if that is known, I would want my four or second big next to him to be a player with star potential. And I think Obi Toppin at least has that potential. A Kongwu has ro- high-end role-player potential. So you're a freaking 19 and 45 team. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't think... Yeah, and I, this goes back to the conversation we had the first time we did this. It's the Wolves are not in a position yet, or probably anytime soon, to draft based on positional fit versus take the guy with the highest upside. Because you're gonna, you have to hit a home run, mm-hmm. right? In the draft, like you have to. You can't, at least when you're when you're yeah in the lower echelon. It just of gets the NBA. weird with this draft class because we'll we'll get to a core. And I mean, spoiler alert: I really like Isaac Okor, which is I think going to kind of come off a little hypocritical after ripping on a Kongru like I just did because a coral can't shoot too. Right. But you get to some point in this draft where I hear what you're saying. They need to draft best player available just because they are most upside available because they need that. But it, <laughs> it doesn't take long to get into this draft and there's just guys who don't have a lot of upside. Yeah. So then, so I get, I don't know. That's the question. At what point do you just say, all right, now I'm going for fit or now I'm going for, what I, you know, desire, like, in my, in my system. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't hate it if it was a Kongu. I'd be interested to see the defensive pairing with Kat. Um, I, know I saw, like, Sam Bassini compare it to Taj Gibson, and I think he said, like, Taj Gibson covered up Kat's warts defensively. Not true. Uh, the Wolves were 25th in defense right. when they made the playoffs right. with Taj. And, and, and Taj was a worse defensive partner for Kat than Saric was. Like, so – this is again. It's just it's not going to just be fixed. Robert, you played Robert Covington at the four, who's an elite defender. That didn't just fix the front court defense. Like, if you think you're just going to draft the best defensive player available and you're just going to throw it into your mix and you're going to stir it up and you're going to say, "Oh, we're better defensively," like, no, it's not how it worked. You did that with Jimmy Butler. You did that with Taj Gibson. Didn't work. Like, you have to have a scheme and you have to have Cat make it work for him individually like and and that's the place to start so I don't know I I'm sounds weird to say this given how bad the the team is at defense I just I just don't think they like need to be prioritizing defense over a player with a lot of offensive upside like yeah I mean I would agree with that it just it would it would be it would be crazy to me if they took a Kong Wu over Anthony Edwards, it'd be crazy to me if they took a Kong Wu over James Wiseman. It wouldn't be crazy with top end because, you know, I got, you know, I, I think there's a lot of question marks with him there too, but. So you think Wiseman is a significantly better fit on the Wolves than. Okongwu. Yeah, see that, that's, I guess, that's what's weird. <laughs> is it. So see, maybe we just, I mean, maybe they just don't take a big, like maybe it's like every big guy just, let's not even. I mean, you got cat. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm with you. I. It, it's we. It's, it's. You need two different wi- ways to you talk need about wings. This. You need wings in the NBA, and yeah. and and if you have a top five pick, I think 
and an all-star center. Like, I don't think it's that complicated. Like, I th- Yeah. It, I guess what I meant is it'd be crazy to me for Team X to, to be like, you know, we don't know what their roster is. They're just drafting a big and being like, oh, we're going to go. We're going to go with the, the role player Okongwu over James Wiseman, who might be a bust, but also might be. His upside is way higher. Might be He's a, a better shooter and way bigger. Way bigger, huge, and and that that was a, that was a huge thing for me that I, and I, I think get, it's important to know, not to cut you off. I think it's important to understand that Wiseman is seven one with a seven six wings and Okongwu is six nine. Yeah. So like, think about the difference from six three to like it's to six seven. Like that's yeah. a massive difference. And, and particularly, I think, in the front court. I mean, I think people see centers, they see five, and they're just like mm-hmm. they they're put into a group and they're yep. they're all the same. And it's like no, the difference from seven one to six nine is. Huge and, and and again he he didn't at the at the college level defensively he stood out on the perimeter as a center who could get out a big who could get out onto the perimeter to me he didn't stand out as a big who could just defend on the interior right like yeah he's athletic he can get up and block shots but he wasn't like he wasn't this massive like rim deterrent in the way that like Rudy you know Rudy Gobert is there and you're like. I always need to be monitoring where Rudy Gobert is and his presence. And I think that's what James Wiseman could be. For sure. It's what Joel Embiid is, you know. And There was some center from Arizona State, no idea who he was, that just yep. physically abused Dude, so Okago the, in the So in did the, the fat kid from Colorado in the game. when, when Which one? The big dude. Like the, he was, oh, yeah, the, yeah, which game, though? Which Colorado game? Uh, I think it was, well. At Colorado? Well, so, so synergy goes – most recent game first. So I think it was the, the one, the, the first game of the season they played each other. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it was just like this dude who's big, but, you know, very, like, overweight, and he just went through and, yeah. like, around him. It's like, I just... And so if, if you don't know what synergy is, I think most people have a good yeah. idea, but, like, you can literally click on Okangu defense in the post and watch yeah. every single possession that he played post-defense. Mm-hmm. in 20 minutes. I mean, exactly, it's, yeah. So like or you, you can watch literally every one of – every defensive possession you yeah. played the whole year. I mean, that would take like two hours. But so sure. the one stat in ISOs, when he was guarding somebody in an ISO situation, 0. .43 points per <laughs> possession, which is like like one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. He, so so you're, not, sc- you're he not scoring is, on him if you're going – Yeah, and – From the perimeter, from like a ISO. Mm-hmm. Post up an ISO are, are different things. charted differently. I, I'm saying – I'm acknowledging that he's great on the perimeter. But he is not, like, with a bullet, an elite defender, because I think he, like, elite, elite, he would need to be able to be out on the perimeter like that and be able to rim defend, and I didn't see that latter part, the, yeah. the rim defense part. But I think he's a kid, and I don't know how old the Arizona State dude was or how the like, – it might be 22, 23. Like, it's, right. like, there's some grown man strength that I think you just get naturally. I just – I think <laughs> it just sucks that, like – he, he's being talked about in like third, fourth, fifth pick because, because it says this, a lot about this draft. It says a lot. Yeah. That's what I'm talking. It says more about like the draft because you know, if this was a normal draft, I think he's going like in the teens, the late teens probably. And that's where the wolves are taking, you know, that's where the wolves have their second pick. You know, if, if we're talking about the wolves second pick, then I'm cool. If the, that guy is like a backup, you know, even for a couple of years. And I'd be like, man, man, let's have this Okongu guy be our, our big off the bench, you know, making $2 million a year, $3 million a year. That's rookie scale, right? Like, it's just, 
I don't know. It, it just would seem like such a big bet to place yeah. on, on a guy who has a lot of holes in this game. Yeah. I think we both agree that his ceiling is low. Mm-hmm. And so, in a nutshell, taking a guy in the top five who has a low ceiling, it's just dumb. Like, it's yeah. dumb. Like, you can't – I don't know. If – and maybe maybe the the counter argument to ha- him having a high ceiling is he's going to develop a jumper and he's going to yeah which he might and then this is going to all sound wrong right but I just watching him shoot like there's unless he's shooting from eighty, yeah, 80, 80 feet. he made an eighty footer uh, it was <laughs> the only three he made um, I just I don't see the you know he might shoot threes someday but I don't see it ever being a a focal point for him. Let's um let's move on to Isaac Okoro and specifically start with his shooting because that is the same thing with the both of them where they're Okoro and Okongwu both labeled as elite defenders at the college level and non-shooters. And Okoro was a freshman, just same exact age, turned 19 in January, um, went to Auburn, six foot six, six nine, two twenty five. So that's basically like the same build and age as as Anthony Edwards, which is like no joke huge, like thick for for a nineteen year old. Pops defensively, but it's just his whole thing, everything, because he's a guard or a wing, it's gonna come down to his jump shot. Is I guess is that how you saw it? Like is, is that what's gonna tip the scales for him? So this one was like this was really hard for me to figure out like how he projects and I like so I'm going to preface that by saying I don't know like I could be I could be torn the coach in me if I put my coaching goggles on like he's an awesome defender he takes care of the ball he doesn't force anything he like he does everything you want somebody to do like he makes hustle plays he sets good screens like literally watching him I loved watching him like he did so many little things really well so Part of me is like he's awesome. Like he he can guard one through three, maybe one through four. Like he's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it comes bet down to his offense, and he can't shoot, and he can't really create shots. So like all those other things in the NBA, and this is where I struggled. All those NBA, all those other things, do they get thrown out the window if you can't do much on offense? So that's a question, right? I so mean, I struggled with it because I really enjoyed watching him. I think he's really, really good, but I don't know how he's going to translate without being able to to shoot or really create anything off the dribble. I loved him. I yeah. loved him. He was convince me, please, because I, I. It's hard though because it like whatever argument you or I make for Isaac Okoro, anyone makes is somewhat built on a house of cards because if he proves to like you know never be able to consistently knock down a jump shot from three, then it does. It, it, it just it cuts you down to a lot lower of a level. I do think it's a little bit different on the wing versus the big, as a big with, with a Kangu, which sounds weird. But what, what I saw and what I, I, I disagree with, I think with what you were saying and what some of the other stuff I've read and seen is I think he does have an at-the-basket game. Like... I know it's not like a. You're saying at the rim, like. I thought. I mean, to get there, but he can. He would seem to do fine to be able to create enough space and momentum for himself to get to the rim, and and I thought he had the power to physically the, like get there through there, and he had touch to be able to like, if it was a. I mean, he definitely committed some charges, but it's like, <laughs> you know, he, could, he did, but but he could like get to his left, he could get to his right, and I was like. 
I watch him play offense. I go, I loved every part of his offensive game. And when there would be like, when there'd be the mix of like, he'd make like three shots in a row. I was like, dude, I'm all in on this guy. And then he'd start missing some bad and the mechanics will be totally off. And I'm like, yeah, damn, I don't know how, I don't know how all in I want to go in on that. So, so I'm, I'm with you. It, it, it's tough, but, but yeah, like the, I, I did, I, I really loved watching him too. And I, I think I'm high on him. I like him. Like I like like I just mentioned the <laughs> the concern not concerning thing but like yes he finishes well and I think what impressed me was he finished well mm-hmm. with both hands like he goes both ways well and finishes right hand left hand um, and he's stronger like he's he weighs more than Obi Toppin like yeah. he's big and strong and, but he doesn't have at least I didn't see it maybe we disagree on this but he doesn't have like a burst. Okay, and so, so, and so, so in first college, you would describe as like a first step, because is there a difference like, between like burst and then he has like because I thought he had force at the rim. He had force at the rim, but I think it's because he's stronger than just about <laughs> anybody in college. Okay, fair. Um, but I just wonder what that's going to look like when the guys guarding him are his size, his size if not bigger, and he's yeah. he's not like. He's not shift. I didn't see it. He's not shifty enough to like to get to a pull up or. Like I just think when he has the ball in his hands on offense, he's limited. He doesn't, and he doesn't yeah. force it. He kind of, it's almost like he knows. He's a it. really willing pass. Like so he almost knows it. He's like, this isn't where Anthony Edwards. I think was like, I don't care if I can't shoot. I'm yeah. just going to shoot every time. Right. Um, so he played within himself, which I really liked. At the at the same at a young age, he he like looked. You watch him out there, and and he kind of feels like he's like a junior or senior in college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, not just physically. It's like, but like the Desmond, way he plays, though. Like he's yeah. under control. He plays at his pace. Plays at his pace. Yeah. It's very. He's got like a very. I don't know. I was also watching like Desmond Bain, who's like a senior from TCU, and is like, it's, he's like the he's like the Malcolm Brogdon of this class. Yeah. And I was like kind of watching the both of them. I'm like, oh yeah, like Coral kind of has that where it's like really disciplined, like a very willing ball mover. But I, I also wonder if in this case, Synergy maybe paints an unrealistic picture because he doesn't shoot a lot. He's not a, he's not a volume shooter. He's not a volume scorer. Yet, when you're watching him on Synergy all the time, and you're just going through his offensive possessions, all the time that he's not passing the ball or shooting the ball is cut out. So, right. so, so I'm getting to binge watch all of him in action. And I would imagine, and I've never watched him play a full game, so maybe it's just unfair to have an opinion on him if I've never watched him play a full game. But I would imagine in a full game, he would be one of those guys that you would say, oh, we went like six minutes and he didn't do anything. And I don't know. I I guess, again, that goes back to, (laughs) do you want to draft a guy with the, I mean, I think he's a little bit later, like a sixth, seventh, eighth pick, who, you know, who quote unquote disappears isn't an impactful part of your offense for, for an extended period of time. I think that's, I think that's a fair question. It's, I just thought he did enough for me. He did enough offensively that like, if he is able to like mechanic his shot together enough to be like a corner three guy, I think that's going to be fine. And do you think he can get there? So I, cause for sure more likely than a Kongwu. Yeah. Like, he shot threes. He, he does. He shot threes. 
so I went back and I was curious. So I went to look at Josh Akogi's college shooting numbers to see like yeah. what we would have said about Akogi coming out mm-hmm. to try to like give us some context. So just to like keep perspective, Akogi shot 38% from Both three. Both right? Yeah, and 77 from the line. Which, in in retrospect, if we were to go, if put it this way, yeah. if Okoru was shooting 38 and 77, he'd, would, I think he'd be the second pick in this draft. That's my point. Well, I think that's what people would be ranking him. So Okogi is shooting 10% higher on three and 10% higher on free throw. And Okogi is a, literally a, a terrible shooter in the NBA. Arguably the worst shooter in the NBA who does it in volume. So that's what scares me. Yeah. But okay, so but, I, not, but 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 like so, Okogi is a good example of just, and again, we're talking about this as just a player type because it's going to get weird once we start thinking about it in the context of the Wolves because there's similarities here. Okogi yeah. is the type of player who doesn't need to shoot to still warrant playing time, and that's where I love Okoru. Ok- and it's the same thing with like Marcus Smart, and and I know Marcus Smart is a very is a rich man's Josh Okogi, but. But like you're never taking you're never taking Marcus Smart out of your rotation, even if he's even if the past month he shot 19 percent from three. Like he still just gets to play because you need him to play offensively, and I I think, or you need him to play defensively. I think that's what Isaac Okoro could be. Like Josh Okoro, obviously it goes in stages where you're first like a Josh Okogi, and then you try and like progress a little bit more, maybe to like a Jay Crowder who's about that similar size, and then maybe you become like a Marcus Smart who's a literally like all NBA defender there. But he, I, I don't know how you could watch anybody else's def- college defensive tape and say better things about it. Like he, he looks at the college level like he's going to be an all NBA defender. So I think he, and we haven't gone through everybody yet, he's got as high a floor as, mm-hmm. as anybody because I think he's going to be able to guard your he can guard point guard, shooting guard. Like, he'll be able to guard the other team's best. He's an elite point of attack defender. Yes. And there's any, any team in the league needs that. Every, yeah. The, the, yeah. So, I think, I think from that stand, like, if you – he's great there. So – and that's why I like him. That's, like, the part of me that's, like, does the shooting not even matter in this situation? Yeah. And I guess for me is that – so, then you're kind of, like, you're, you're playing the risk calculation game, right? Like, what are the odds that he ends up being – a good shooter, like a ends up being, you know, puts his mechanics together, and and we we have a we we're talking seven years from now. We're like, remember when we thought a Coro was going to suck at shooting in the league? Like, I don't know, that happens sometimes. Like, maybe we call that a five percent chance, or what? You know, what are the odds he becomes an average shooter in the league? He, he you know works through his mechanics and and gets to that point. I don't know. That that's another X percent there. And then the other side of it is is he going to be pretty bad or really bad? You know, and then and then there's a whole other path there. I think what's encouraging to me on all four of those planes is he's still an NBA player. Yes. Because of his defense. Yes. And and it's like, I mean, I've ripped Jarrett Culver this year, like, to the moon and back for not being able to, to shoot. But that's because he doesn't provide what Josh Okogie does on the defensive end or from an energy standpoint or from a communication standpoint. Or from a give a damn standpoint, like like Isaac Okoro is going to be very similar to Josh Okoge, I think. I, I think he could be a better. I think he could be a better actual point of attack defender than Josh Okoge is like pretty quickly because I think I think Josh is like great energy wise. I think his like vision sometimes he gets a little like tunnel vision. Like I'm just trying to 
stop you, James Harden, and don't even realize the screen's coming to clip him. Like, I loved watching Okoro play and navigate screens. Right. And then, like, he would, he would shift his head from, like, okay, I'm navigating a screen right now to, okay, it's no longer screen time. Like, now I'm locked in on this dude. It was, I mean... It, I think, I mean, he's got the perfect balance of really good athlete and body. Mm-hmm. His IQ is unbelievable, and I think he cares. And I think those three things defensively are, like, that's it. And he's got he checks all three boxes. Did you? See, I started like really looking for it as I was going through the you know the defense of being like a possession he took off. No. I don't think I don't think there was any. He plays incredibly hard. Like it's and that's why I loved watching him play. Like he's I think draft guys you kind of get in the mode of mold of either like loving them and thinking they're going to be great mm-hmm. or disliking them and thinking they're going to be bad. Like. He it, to me was like in the middle where like I like I loved watching him play and I have no idea what he's going to be in the NBA. So and so that's where I struggle with like I could see a lot of scenarios with, for him. I, I think that's the the reality of the situation. I think there is a scenario that he's one of this class relative yes. to this class that he becomes one of the better players on yeah. this class. I would agree. There's a chance. I wouldn't say it's likely. The one thing that is in his favor that I don't think a lot of casual college like Auburn was really really good yeah. they were going to be a one or two or probably a two seed in the tournament maybe right. a three and I think people think of Auburn as like a football school and like sure no, they were really good and he was probably their best player mm-hmm. so like I know we did this with Jared Culver last year so it, it can yeah. be but like that carries some weight I think I, I think for sure and again they, they looked like a team who had like been together for a while yeah. when they hadn't like and I think Bruce Pearl's a good a good coach, but yeah, it was just it was really encouraging to see. I was always encouraged when I reminded myself that this kid's nineteen. Yeah, and and I'm seeing like NBA level stuff. Happen. Yes, it's just with the, if, with if you just deleted his his shot, we w- we would be talking about him. I think I think if I don't know, we gave him uh, if you gave him even Anthony Edwards a shot, then he's He's number two on my big board. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how, how, many, how many guys – I said if, if. I don't know. I okay. mean, how many guys are, are for you and we're just, you're just drafting a fantasy team? Like, you don't know what the other positions on your team are or other position, players on your team. What pick, like, is a coral? Like, how many guys are you for sure taking over him? And I, I'm going to say this without – with admitting I haven't spent a ton of time on other guys. So yeah. just from what I've gathered and watched little bits of – I think he'd probably be – in the six to eight range. So I would take Edwards and Wiseman. Edwards, Wiseman for sure. I would take, and again, without watching much, I, would, I think LaMelo Ball's upside is a lot higher. Yeah. You already know who my favorite player in the draft is. Naismith. Neesmith. Neesmith. Yeah. I think he, we'll talk about him later. I would put Neesmith. Um, and then Maybe Halliburton, but I, again, haven't watched a lot of him. And then uh, Killian Hayes. I would take Killian Hayes over yeah. Okoru. I think for me, those are the those are like the, the locks sure, right the locks. now. Like who I would, yeah. And I I need to watch I need to watch how. And then Obi, I mean, I, you could throw Obi in there too. Yeah. It and this is taking the wolves out of it. This is just yeah. looking at it from a blank roster. I I think I think for me it's, I think you can make an argument of a coral over top end. I, I think on a on a on a blank team. Um, you definitely could. I, I I think I think Edwards Ball, and Wiseman are for sure. Like, uh, for sure, you know, on your big board, putting it together. And I say that without 
it's very hard to watch LaMelo ball. So I guess I'm kind of relying on other people's analysis there to some degree, but I don't know. I don't think, honestly, I don't think I have, there's a fourth guy that I would for sure say is like definitely better than Isaac Okoro in in this draft to me. And that's not to say, I don't know. I just, man, if he has, if he develops a shot, this dude's going to be really freaking good. Who's been the last like top five pick with such a big flaw like that? From a wing, from a wing well, prospect. Culver went six last year. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we knew that the shot was as concerning as it proved to be. I mean, because the Marcus Smart comparison is good. Smart didn't shoot it well in college, doesn't shoot it well in the NBA. Just actually, actually this year, did, but like numerous years, he like was shooting under 30%. Yeah. And kind of, but they kind of let him keep shooting, which was, I don't know if that has now made him a, a better shooter, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's what it is, is he's, he's, he's Marcus Smart and I, I think he's a lot bigger than Marcus Smart. Like he is for sure that, that I think that could make him an even better offensive player in attacking the basket. He does need to, you know, develop a little bit more of a handle. He does need what, what Marcus Smart Marcus Smart doesn't make a lot of threes, but, like, he can, like, take you off the dribble and pull up. I don't think Isaac Coro shot, like, a, not a single, but he shot very few threes off the bounce. Very right. few, like, jump shots off the bounce at all. He had one step back that was an air ball. Do you remember that one? Okoro, Okoro. Okoro did. He yeah. had a step back that was nasty on the that he made. On the, on the far uh, side? On the right wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, the air ball was – yeah, he's, he's – He's not a good shooter right now. But, but there, I'm saying there's, like, these – threads of it that I think we're just like I don't know sometimes uh, like I'll listen to the argument that this guy's gonna be a terrible shooter if you can describe to me like what was wrong with his jump shot not you I'm saying like just to like people but it's like if we're just looking at three-point percentages like that's not the right way to do this with Anthony Edwards it's not the right way to do it with Killian Hayes it wasn't the right way to do it with Josh Okogie like it goes both ways. Yeah, it's we don't we don't know we don't really know what guys are going to be as shooters from their stats. Now you can judge what the shot looks like, and Okoro's is is worth judging. But I don't think it was a, it like wasn't a zero to me. So you don't think you can do it based on stats? No. Three point shooting? No. I mean, like I think you can look at the free throws is as probably a better indicator. But imperfect. I mean, how many? Dude. So take out a Okoro, Okoro took. No, there's other guys like that, too. I mean, I would have to look it up. Yeah. But there's other guys who shot, like, a respectable rate in college. My point is, how many have shot a bad rate and then have turned out to be good in college? Like, I get it. It can flip. It, it, it's easier to go from being, you know, yeah, respectable. I, I wish I had some, like, written down. I know that, I mean, they're, they're out there. I, yeah, I just think it's, it's more rare for a guy to be a bad shooter in college, yeah. statistically. Mm-hmm. and then become a good shooter versus being a statistically a decent to pretty good shooter in, in college and be, then become it'd be it'd be worth it'd be worth looking up a list yeah. like but yeah you i mean you're right it's just also with like a coro he shot 73s that's not that many like if he happens to make five more of those like the, the percentage jumps up yeah. a bunch like i don't know i just so you the, take the a, concerning part for, is that his mechanics were different his uh, mechanics were different on a lot of his shots like correct and, 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 and his, uh, and his that's confidence. Not, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. And his confidence, like, varied in it. Like, yeah. like there was times where he, he was more confidently shooting. Like, remember he had a bunch of, like, travels? Yeah. 
where where he should have just pulled it. Like, I don't know. The th- so the so the thing is with the Timberwolves, like they they didn't trade Josh Okogi when they traded everyone on the team outside of him and Cat. Yeah. And they drafted Jarrett Culver. They traded up to draft Jarrett Culver. So I think a lot of people have like kind of ruled out a coral because they're like, oh, the Wolves are this like massive three-point shooting team. And he didn't really shoot at a high volume or at a high clip. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, what? At, I don't know what the answer is, but <laughs> I think the Wolves, I, they believe one of two things, that they're not hyper-focused on having elite shooters at every position, or they believe that they can develop jump shots. Like, they can right. turn a Kogi into a shooter. They can turn Jarrett Culver into a shooter. Now, they haven't done that in two years. Well, only th- this crew's only been there one year. Like, a Kogi has a better chance than Culver. Would you agree? A hundred and ni- get the stat. Hundred ninety players <laughs> in the league shot over one hundred <laughs> catch and shoot jump shots this year. Yeah. Josh Kogi ranks one hundred ninetieth in in three point percentage on catch is and that, shoot. Twenty six point six. Is that good? That's not good. Hundred hundred eighty ninth is Trevion Graham, who was <laughs> also on the Wolves, and then one hundred eighty first. That's no theme. Is Jarrett Culver. Wow. Like they. All makes sense. And, and, and that's what destroyed this team this year of like, I'm not saying they were going to the playoffs at all, but everything breaks down when you're running a five out offense and two <laughs> or three of your guys are literally the worst shooters in the league. So is there room for two Josh Akogi's on a team? Cause I think one is great. I think a would play on from what I've watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A Kogi would get minutes on any team in the league, just with what he can do defensively and make plays happen I, I like a Kogi and I think he's a bench guy I think he's like a six man on, a on team. any team though right yeah, like yeah. He, you could put him in on for sure I so but is there room for two of them I think there's room for two Josh Kogis. I don't know if there's room for like Jarrett Culver's a little bit different like I don't think there's room for two Jarrett Culver's you know what I'm saying like right like I would rather I would rather they go Okoro and Kogi than Okoro and Culver, or I would rather they just go with Culver. You know, mm-hmm. like they can't have all three of those dudes. But if their assessment comes down to like they're really like Isaac Okoro, I don't want the fact that they have a Kogi and Culver on the team, you know, to preclude that from happening because like I, I don't think it's like out there to say that Okoro could be a better player in the league next year than either of those dudes. I also think there's a chance that. There's a chance. I'm not saying it's good. There's a chance that a Koru could slip. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wings in this draft that are kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's your opinion versus mine. There's no clear cut. Like, yeah. where there's a chance that he could fall down towards the end of the lottery or maybe where the Wolves pick. Mm-hmm. It, it, which 16. would be, I think, or they could six, trade up to like 12 or yeah, something. And I yeah. think in that range, I think he becomes yeah. almost like you completely change your mindset on him. Yeah. And again, I would point out the money part of that yeah. too. Like, if the Wolves are. Drafting fourth, it's going to be twice as much money as it is, you right. know. And I mean, that's not like that. I mean, it's a couple million dollars a year, so it's not like totally that big of a difference. But, but it just it is just a weird thing because to some degree, if you're drafting Onyeka Okongwu or if you're drafting Isaac Okoro, you're probably drafting them to become a good role player yeah. on your team, right? Which he, is the kind of the theme of this draft, exactly. And it's just. If you're doing that, I want to know that I'm getting a guy who I feel confident is going to be able to be a role player, you know? And I think they, I think they both will. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, There's I, a better chance that Koru's a, a, a good role player than a Kanwu. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I, I like think I'm so. Really... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. I do too. I'm higher on Okoro than I am a Kangaroo. I think a Kangaroo is interesting in a bench role for the Wolves. I think Okoro is for sure interesting in a bench role, but also I'd be more interested in starting him than I would a Kogi or Culver. Right. But that's probably because I'm like irrationally too far out on Jared Culver. But, but I don't know if it's irrational. I don't know if it's irrational. Those guys are the two, two of the worst shooters in the whole NBA. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. It's, it's going to – I do think that the, the point stands defensively with Okoro that the defense isn't just fixed by drafting the best wing defender in the league or in the draft. Right. Like that, that isn't going to fix this team. Like they need, to, they need to make a scheme overhaul. They need to get D'Angelo Russell to care more about defense. They need to get Malik Beasley to be more invested in defense. They need Cat to be more invested in defense. That's what actually moves the needle for this team. But if those guys do all buy in – it's going to help a lot to have a Marcus Smart type player. Yeah. All right, we're at an hour. That was two more guys. Anyaka Kangu, USC, Isaac Okoro, Auburn. I don't know. We have we talked about Tyrese Halliburton. Maybe that'll be the next one we do. Yeah, and and uh, and Neesmith. 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 Okay, we, we'll do we'll do those two next we're week. Just, we're doing an offense, defense, offense. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of working. It's good to have a. a <laughs> it's good to have them be like the same type of dude, or like have a. A similar characteristic like we did with charlie and i did anthony edwards and james weissman obviously very different players but the two highest upside yeah in, for sure in this class and um, there were one and two in the high school rankings too or yeah. one and whatever both but top five high school yeah. yeah um all right thanks for doing it will yeah. that's will de um at wd at w de 14 you got it there we go um you check out his stuff too uh will does um private basketball camps um I don't know if private. I don't know if private. Well, not private basketball camps. Private workouts for like kids because you have your Wilderberg basketball camp in in the summertime. We'll talk about that more when we do a a later one. Hopefully, there will actually be basketball. Yeah, hopefully some things uh, clear up here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. Thank you for sticking with the pod during this uh, weird dead time of the world. But we'll keep doing draft stuff until there's actual basketball. Which who knows. Maybe that's coming. Let's <laughs> hope so. Let's hope so. All right. Until next time, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like